This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 391. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 391. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So happy to be with you. This is a holiday week for those of us in the US. So this is the week of Thanksgiving. And that often means that this is the beginning of the holiday crazy for many of us. So if you did not listen to the episode on boundaries around holidays, especially with family members, make sure you listen to that. I want the holiday season to be full of peace and joy for you. So go back and listen to last week's episode, episode 389. If you want to build some better boundaries with your family as you head into this holiday season, and even as you head into this week, it might be catching you in time for you to be able to even make a few shifts with things this week to help the week be a little more full of joy and peace for you and yours as we enter the last few weeks of this year and this time of year where I really hope that you are intentional around how you want to spend this time where you want to focus your energy, where you want to get your love connection, all those kinds of good things. So with all that said, we're going to be talking about self-trust today. And this is a topic that I have recently been really, really getting curious about. And it's interesting 
When I first started thinking about this and talking a little bit about it, I've talked about it in a couple interviews lately. And then I talked about it on a Facebook Live last week in our private Facebook group. And you can catch that live if you go over to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook. So I talked about this issue or this philosophy I have around self-trust. And I talked about it in the context of motherhood. And when we become moms, how I really believe our self-trust gets eroded because of the level of care we have to put into keeping our babies alive. So it basically becomes like a preservation of our babies in which we have to drop our own opportunities to listen to our self-trust, listen to our gut, listen to our instincts in terms of listening to our own needs because we need to really, really highly prioritize the needs of our babies because they can't survive without us, right? And so this context, as I was thinking about it more in Rome recently, I thought, you know, this isn't the only reason that women's self-trust and mom's self-trust is massively eroded in their life. I actually think it's eroded for a few reasons. If you're someone who's like, I don't even know how to like listen to my gut or follow my intuition. I don't even have any intuition. I want you to really tune in because I think that there's a few reasons for this. And the more I really got reflective about this and the more I started thinking about it and doing a little bit of research, the more I realized this is kind of a systemic problem. (laughs) This is a bit of a problem that women struggle with self-trust to the level that they do. And I think there's some really powerful ways that we can overcome this and really definitely be able to become more able to tap into our own self-trust, tap into our own instincts, tap into our own gut and listen to that. But I think it's going to take practice because I think it's going to take some undoing of maybe some long-term behaviors and long-term patterns that you haven't even recognized that you've maybe kind of fallen victim to. So I want to talk first about why women and moms especially, either lack self-trust or why they lose self-trust. So I think there's kind of two pieces here. I think there's a reason why women in general have less self-trust than men. And I also think there's a reason that we lose some of the self-trust that we have once we become moms. So I'm going to talk about both of those things. And then I'm going to talk about how to build back your self-trust or maybe build your self-trust up for the first time. And I'm going to talk through six ways to do that. So this is going to be, it's going to be a packed episode. So if you are a note taker, get ready to take some notes, or you might want to just listen in a couple times if you're more of a passive listener, because I think there's going to be some really good nuggets in here for you today. So I want you to be listening with that extra keen ear. So here's the thing. I think that we lose self-trust starting in our youth. I think there's a number of reasons that women lose self-trust, but I think it starts at the beginning of our lives. And I think it starts with little girls. I believe that little girls are actually never taught to trust themselves. Little girls are taught to trust everyone around them. We're taught to trust grownups, which all children are, right? We're taught to trust our caretakers, which makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) But girls, I believe, are taught mostly to trust people in authority. And people in authority tend to often be men. And so what we are taught is to often do things for leaders and people in authority who are often men, at the expense of what we might feel in our gut. So a couple examples of this, we are taught as little kids and especially as little girls to hug other people, even when we don't want to. So, oh, go hug Uncle Johnny, go hug so-and-so, be a nice girl, give them a hug, give them a kiss before we say goodbye, like all these kinds of things where we immediately, in those moments when a grown-up says, like, go give someone a hug, if we don't want to do it, we're just like, oh, well, but they said to do it. So I'm going to not listen to my gut that says, Uncle Johnny's kind of a creep. And instead, I'm going to go hug him. So that's us right there. Erosion of self-trust as little girls. We are taught to have physical contact with people at the expense of trusting our gut. 
We are also taught to be cute for other people, be cute for grownups, right? We're taught to be cute for grandma and grandpa. We're taught to be cute for, you know, all the little boys in the classroom. Oh, that little girl, she's going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble with her. That cute little girl over there, she's a beauty. We're going to be in trouble. Like we are taught to be cute and beautiful and to be cute and beautiful for other people. Again, erosion of self-trust rather than thinking like, oh, like I'm a little girl and I want to wear the black sweatshirt. We think, oh, but no, I'm supposed to be cute. So I'm going to wear the pink heart sweatshirt. So we have this erosion of self-trust that begins at a very, very young age. We're taught to ignore our own instincts often in these situations. We're taught to ignore our own instincts in order to please other people, in order to look good for other people, in order to make other people happy. Then we're modeled by our parents and our grandparents that women should trust men over themselves. Because when we look at our family dynamics in most situations, we look at, oh, grandma trusted grandpa and grandpa was in charge of the family. Or maybe in this instance of your parents, mom always got dad's permission for everything. Mom asked dad before buying anything. Mom always went to dad as the decision maker or the head of household. So I'm not saying this is true across the board. I definitely think there's households that are run by females and where we've seen this modeled in different ways. But I think that in many contexts, in many, many situations, there's multiple generations of women deferring to men at the expense of their own self-trust. And that's what's modeled to the kids in the family. And so we're modeled this by our parents and our grandparents that women should trust the men who are in charge in the family over themselves. We are also modeled that wives trust their husbands and seek their husband's permission and approval before making decisions. And they do that at the expense of their own needs, their own desires, their own wants, and often their own instincts. And then when we grow up, we have babies And we have to completely neglect our own needs to keep our babies alive. And so here's how this happens. You have a baby and your baby is hungry and screaming and you think, oh, you know, I'm actually hungry as well, but I'm not going to like make the baby wait in the crib crying for 30 minutes while I eat. I'm going to go feed the baby right now. I'm going to tell my body like, hey, I know you haven't eaten in seven hours and I know you haven't showered in four days and you haven't slept in three nights, but don't worry. Keep going. Keep pushing because this baby needs you. This baby needs a diaper change. This baby needs food. This baby needs snuggles and bouncing and singing and shushing and all the things. So never mind that you're exhausted. Never mind that you're starving. Never mind that you are as dirty as all get out and like your hair could be greased back without a po- and hold a ponytail without a ponytail holder. Never mind all of that. Ignore all that and just adopt this mindset like I'm fine. I can do what I can power through. And so this is what we do when we have teeny tiny babies, right? And I don't want to deny that like we need to do this sometimes. Of course, there's many instances when our babies are really young that we have to prioritize them over ourselves. So we have to feed our babies before we feed ourselves, or we have to you know, get our babies to sleep before we get to take a nap. And then we have to do a million other things while our baby's sleeping to the point that we never get to take a nap. And so this happens because of our baby's needs. And of course, I would never say that like, you should just ignore that hungry baby and feed yourself first. But I want you to recognize how these patterns start and recognize, this is the kicker, recognize that you get so good at denying your own feelings and needs that you don't even notice them. So I'm sure we've all been there where you're like, oh my gosh, I noticed that I needed to pee at like 10 a.m., And now it's 4 p.m. and I still haven't peed. Or holy cow, I noticed that I was hungry at 5.15 tonight. I just got the kids in bed. It's 9.45 and I haven't eaten yet. This happens all the time. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories. 
a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Or like thinking like, oh, that coffee I wanted to drink at 6 a.m. Funny, it's sitting on the counter and it's noon and I haven't even had one sip because I got so caught up in meeting other people's needs. So we completely shut down recognizing our own needs. I mean, moms say this all the time where they're like, we get through the first couple months of newborn land and you're like, yeah, like I'm not even that tired anymore. I'm doing just fine. I only need like four hours of sleep now. We literally talk ourselves into like, I'm good. Four hours is fine. And that's ridiculous. But we get so good at coping on a certain level that we are able to completely disregard our body's signals around being chronically exhausted or being chronically hungry or undernourished. This happens all the time. So 
we stop knowing what our own favorite meals are sometimes because for 20 years, we're making meals for everyone else and we're not even giving a second thought to what we like. This actually came up as in a real life example. I was coaching someone a while ago and she's like, I've been making meals for people in my family for 22 years. I don't even know what I would make myself for dinner if I didn't have to think about what someone else might want. What? (laughs) If you don't know what you would like to have for dinner, then you need to be spending some time figuring that out because that is such a huge red flag that you have really, really stepped away from your own ability to trust yourself, your own instincts, your own gut, and in order to take care of others and at the expense of your own self-trust and at the expense of your own well-being. We often think that we don't have time or space to think about our passions or our purpose. So we just keep treading water. We keep thinking like, oh, well, I don't have time for that right now. And I don't need that right now. And it would even be like, it would take a lot of effort to put that on my plate. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and not even address that I'm doing nothing for me. I'm not even going to address that I am doing nothing that lights me up. I'm not even going to address that I am living in this Groundhog's Day life because I don't see a way out that doesn't require energy, because I don't see a way out that feels good, because I don't even know how to tap into my own instincts and my own gut in a way that would give me a sense of direction to even consider where I would begin if I were to have time or space for myself. So I want you to think about what self-trust looks like and feels like to you. Is it present? Do you have it? Has it been eroded? What does it look like as you've grown up? Have you been someone who has been forced to do things for others at the expense of your own gut? Have you been someone who's been forced to, you know, take care of a family in a way that has been detrimental to your own ability to follow your gut, listen to your own instincts, and really be able to lean into your own self-trust? Because this happens all the time in so many contexts. And I think that it's really, really problematic in the way that we are also it's problematic in terms of the impact to ourselves. And it's also problematic in terms of the way we're raising our kids and especially the way we're raising our daughters, right? Because you want your little girl to have self-trust. So you want your little girl to say like, Hey, actually, I don't want to hug uncle Bob. He kind of gives me the creeps. I don't want to have to wear the pretty dress that I think is hideous and embarrassing just because all the relatives think it's cute. You want to teach your little girl to be able to listen to her own gut, her own instincts, and your little boys too, of course. But I think that we prime little girls differently in this way in many circumstances. I will say Vinny had a situation at his preschool, and we loved his preschool. It was a great school. There was a staff member there who adored him. And he adored this woman, but also was a little bit overwhelmed by her love. And so she would often say like, oh, Vinny, come give me a big hug. And if you give me a hug, I'll give you extra snacks. And I was like... Uh, do you want to give her a hug? You could just give her a high five or not. And he was like, often by the time he was in pre-K, he'd been there for a few years. He would give her hugs. But for a long time, he was like, no. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't want to. Sorry. Like, I'm not going to force my kid, even though this woman was so sweet and in many ways, kind of a grandmotherly figure. She was so full of love. And I absolutely know that her intentions were great. But I was like, I'm not going to force my kid to not listen to his own instincts just to be polite for someone else or just to make someone else feel good. Because I want him to have that radar, to have that boundary, to have that level of self-trust that's like, "Mm, that doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to do that. So where can we be looking in that way as well in terms of like dialing in our own instincts to the point that we can allow our children to do the same, whether that's our sons or our daughters. So like I said, I think that it's more pertinent for daughters because I think that's where we tend to make more mistakes as a culture. But I think it also definitely has some, there's some spaces that we can be doing this for little boys as well. 
All right. So if you listen to some of that and you're like, whoa, holy cow, like, yeah, I have completely been ignoring my own instincts, ignoring my gut for quite some time now, maybe since I was a little girl. Let's talk about how you can build back self-trust or build self-trust for the first time because it's absolutely possible to do. And it's going to give you this whole new sense of power and freedom and hope and belief that it's going to grow your life by leaps and bounds. It's going to grow your courage, your confidence by leaps and bounds. It's going to be really, really transformational. So let's dive into the second part. Here are six ways that you can build back self-trust or perhaps build self-trust for the first time ever. So number one, I want you to get quiet. And this can be a hard one because it can be really uncomfortable. And because you might be like, I don't have time to get quiet. I get it that you don't have a lot of time. And also this is really, really important. So you can get quiet in a lot of different ways. You can get quiet in places and spaces where you are maybe already doing other things, like on a commute, for example. Maybe you have 10 minutes in the car while you're on your way to pick up the kids on your way home from work. Or maybe you have time in the shower where you can like close and lock the door if your kids are of an age where that would be safe and appropriate. So maybe there's a few places in your day where you can get quiet. Maybe you can schedule quiet time with a partner and not to do it with a partner, but to schedule it with partners. So you have some coverage in childcare to say like, Hey, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday morning from six to six forty-five AM, I'm going to go for a walk or go running. I mean, maybe it's 15 minutes of that time. It doesn't need to be that much time, but scheduling a time where you can get quiet. So here's why you need to get quiet. You need to have the space to have some thoughts. You need to have the space to complete a thought, have the space to get in touch with what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you want? What are you curious about? Which we're going to talk about in just a second. If you have no time or space to yourself or no downtime or quiet time that is just yours for processing thoughts and processing emotion, you're going to really struggle with self-trust because you will always be in a space where you're reacting to other people's needs. You will never get to a point of being able to listen to yourself because you will always be of service to others. So you need to set some boundaries where you can have this quiet time. I know for me, this quiet time oftentimes comes at the expense of other things. And so I have to like set boundaries for myself around listening to podcasts or having the TV on and conscientiously say like, hey, no, today when I go for a walk, I'm going to not turn on a podcast. I'm going to not learn something or listen to someone else's story. When I drive to pick up Vinny, I'm going to not turn on that podcast. I'm going to not turn on anything or maybe just some music so that I can just be with my thoughts rather than listening to something else and consuming someone else's content. Because sometimes we're really caught up in consuming other people's content and that actually discourages our own development and our own ability to think for ourselves and to get quiet enough to recognize what we're thinking. So I love that many of you are such great learners and I love being a learner myself. I pride myself on being a lifelong learner and also I have boundaries around learning. I am not constantly in a learning phase. I have times of my day that are focused on learning and dedicated to learning. And then I have times of my day that are focused on paying attention to what I'm thinking and feeling like what's going on in my head, what's going on in my heart. Let's listen to that. I can't only be listening to other people's ideas or I will never have the space to think of my own. Number two is get curious. So when you have that quiet time, it creates space for curiosity. If your quiet time is around like, I mean, maybe you go to the mall and you walk around for 30 minutes by yourself. You might get really curious like, wow, I love those chunky knit blankets. I want to learn how to make those. By the way, I saw on Instagram the other day, someone took a class, like you spend like two hours in the middle of a Sunday afternoon taking a learn how to knit a chunky knit sweater or a chunky knit throw blanket. 
And at the end, you like get to take home your chunky knit blanket. I was like, that looks so fun. I would do that in a heartbeat. So if you know where to do that in Seattle, let me know. But having the space to just see things and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so curious about that. That looks cool. That looks fun. I know that for me, I did a number of those paint and sip, like drink wine and paint nights. And I loved them. I do not consider myself an artist, but oh my gosh, that was like meditative for me. I was not good at it. I'm not saying that I came home with masterpieces. In fact, I came home with them and gave them to my husband. And I was like, actually, I joked with him. I'm like, here you go. I really love this. We have to put it up on the wall. And he was like, cool. Yeah, totally. And then I was like, just kidding. I know it's ugly. (laughs) We did put one in Vinny's room. And then I gave, here's what you do with those paintings. I gave one to a friend as a housewarming gift. (laughs) And of course, like what friend is, she was so uncomfortable. She's like, thanks. Yeah, I'm definitely going to put this up. And I was like, just kidding. You don't have to put up my awkward art on your wall. But yeah, it was kind of funny. So yeah, getting curious around like just trying things and recognizing like where are those spaces that you can see another side of yourself, that you can have some time to get curious around things that really excite you or that really you know, light a spark in you. I know for me, I got curious about podcasts when I started going on walks regularly and listening to other business builders talking about podcasting. And I was like, oh, I'm super curious about this now. So sometimes it's that making space for something that allows you to get curious and have a minute. So number one, get quiet. Number two, get curious. Number three, be kind and compassionate with yourself. To build back self-trust, you must be extremely kind and compassionate with yourself to start listening to like, oh, wait, I think I might be tired, so I'm going to take a nap, even though the house is a mess. Or I think I might be feeling really annoyed that I'm expected to give up all of my wishes for the holidays to appease family members. Be kind and compassionate to recognize like, oh, wait, I've always done that in the past and I'm not going to do that anymore because I want to be kind and compassionate to myself first. I want to do something just for me. And be kind and compassionate with yourself if you're like, wow, I'm completely lost and completely stuck. And I don't even know where to begin with any of this. Be kind and compassionate with yourself and recognize that no matter where you're at right now, it's okay. And that things can always get better. And there's always room for growth. And you're totally capable of that growth. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So being really kind and compassionate with yourself, recognizing that maybe you have gotten into a pretty vicious cycle of disregarding and dismissing your own needs and giving yourself some space to get into that, to get back into that habit of listening to yourself and recognizing that you do have needs and you are allowed to prioritize them over other people's needs first. Number four, create a courage and achievement list. So if you want to start building back some self-trust or build some massive self-trust for the first time, create a list of every time you have demonstrated courage in your life and or every achievement in your life. And I'm telling you, when you make this list, you're going to be like, holy cow, I'm a badass. Like who knew? And that's going to really, really help you develop a sense of trust around, wow, I've done a lot of things. And now here's the thing about building this list. I actually just talked about this last weekend on my workshop. I did a free workshop called the five mindset resets that you need to shine like a mother. And I talked about building these courage lists and these achievement lists. And one of the things I said was that sometimes the things on these lists, you have to give yourself permission to put the really mundane things on there. So like when I look at my list, I'm like, oh, I gave birth. Like that counts. And people are like, well, I gave birth, but like so did like half the world. That doesn't matter. You gave birth. That's a big deal. I nursed a baby. Yes, so have millions of other women. But still, that was a really, really hard thing for me. Like that was a massive life achievement. Other women might be like, I nursed a baby. It was no big deal. I don't care. That might not be something that they would want to focus on as an achievement. But for me, that was an outstanding life event because it was extremely hard. So you can create a list of times where you've demonstrated, you know, extreme courage or maybe courage that other people would just see as average, 
courage that you had to just like get through because of, you know, that we all have to get through moments of courage. You don't need to qualify any of it. You don't need to rate any of it. You can be super neutral about it. Like I did this thing. It was hard. Check. But when you look at that list overall, I've done this before for myself. I've had my members of Momentum Mama do this, and it is such a game changer. I came up with a list. I think my list probably has like 25 to 35 things on it. And when I look at that list, I'm like, holy cow, now I can trust that I can do anything moving forward because look at the things I've already done. Anything from nursing a baby to starting three businesses to running a marathon, enduring parental rejection to enduring infertility, to living with anxiety since I was eight years old. There's so many things on that list, right? So when you look at that list then you're like, oh, wait, yes, I can trust myself and I can trust that I know how to do hard things and that I can show up for myself and that I can prove myself and that I am worthy and I am qualified. Number five, the fifth way to build back self-trust or build up self-trust is to collect the right kind of evidence. So we are real good. Women are real good at collecting the wrong kind of evidence. So the wrong kind of evidence is when we internalize other people's messages. Maybe it's from the media. Maybe it's from a real awful family member. Other people's messages that are like, yeah, you've never really been good at this, good at that, good at the other thing. Or yeah, you know, your sister's always been the writer you've never really been the studious type. And then you're like, great, you know, I'd love to write a book someday. But my dad always said I was the bad writer in the family. Or you look on social media and you're like, well, I mean, Rachel Hollis has already done it, so I can't do it. These are the things that we tell ourselves. We collect the wrong kind of evidence. We collect all sorts of evidence that if you were to say it out loud, you would recognize sounds ridiculous. And all it does is keep you playing small because you belittle and dismiss your own abilities and your own qualifications. So I want you to start collecting the right kind of evidence. And when you do number four, that's actually a massive first step in collecting the right kind of evidence. So when you start looking at all the times you've been courageous, when you start looking at the achievements that you've made in your life, then you're like, oh, wait, this is the evidence. This is the evidence that I can trust myself. This is the evidence that I am strong, that I am capable, that I am qualified, that I am resourceful, that I am resilient. This is the evidence right here. It doesn't matter if my dad told me I was a bad writer. It doesn't matter if my sister's better at something than me. It doesn't matter if Rachel Hollis has already done everything in the world. I can do it too. There's still room for me. I'm still really good at things. I'm still strong. I'm still resourceful. I'm still unique. I'm uniquely qualified. I'm uniquely talented. I'm uniquely beautiful and gifted. So start collecting the right kind of evidence. And then number six is be conscientious of those who belittle your truth and your power. So if you have people in your life who do undermine you, who do belittle you, who do laugh when you're like, I really want to start a business or I want to start a blog or I want to start writing or I want to start gardening or photography. And they're like, yeah, you're real good at starting things, but not so good at finishing them. Like take note and be like, yeah, so you actually don't get an opinion in this. Your opinion doesn't count. And here's the thing, that opinion, it might be your partner's opinion. It might be your parents' opinion. It might be one of your best friend's opinion. Someone might laugh at what you're going to do. Someone might laugh at your wishes or your dreams or your desires. Someone might make you feel small. Someone might try to gaslight you and be like, you definitely should not do that because look at every time you've ever tried to do something big in your life, let's just look at what's happened. It's never really worked out for you. So be really conscious of people who try to belittle your truth and your power. I can tell you the people who've tried to belittle my truth and my power, and I can tell you that my success has been highly and hugely inspired by those people. So instead of me listening to those people and thinking like, oh gosh, they might, maybe they're right. Instead, I think, oh, watch me. Hashtag watch me. 
anytime someone belittles me in any way, it gives me all the fire to go bigger, bolder, braver, like to go all in on the thing to prove them wrong. And that's what I want you to do. So first, I want you to do that. Like, I want you to go be the badass when someone belittles you. And also, I want you to set a real firm boundary that you're not going to accept that behavior. You're not going to accept someone else's opinion of you, of your ideas, of your desires as your own. And you will shut them down or you will disengage from those relationships. You have to set a boundary around that energy because those people who are belittling you and they're making you feel bad, they're doing that because they feel like crap about themselves. Let that be their own thing. They're doing that because of their background. They're doing that because they don't get it. And here's the thing. They don't deserve an opinion because they're not the ones showing up ready to stand in their power, ready to own their truth, ready to be a badass, ready to step into all the things that you want to step into. They probably actually have very little self-trust themselves. So do not give power and opinions to anyone who does not deserve them. So be careful who you share your dreams with because those are your dreams. Those are your babies. Be careful who you decide to open up to and be protective of that space and that energy. And if that's your partner, I want you to really look at those dynamics. If you're in a partnership where someone feels like you should always get approval and permission before you're allowed to do something, I want you to look at that dynamic. If you're in a partnership where someone repeatedly tells you that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough, that you always mess things up, that that's other people are better than you, that you're not qualified, that you tend to like be a little flighty or someone who never finishes anything. You need to look at that. You need to very critically look at that relationship because that relationship is going to consistently erode your self-trust and that's not okay. So I want you to be really conscientious of those who belittle your truth and your power because you have every right to set a boundary for them. And you need to set a boundary for them in order to step into your truth and your power and in order to build up your self-trust. You won't be able to do it when someone is trying to take that away from you right in front of your face without you having set that boundary. So to review the six ways to build back self-trust or to build up self-trust, number one, get quiet. Number two, get curious. Number three, be kind and compassionate to yourself. Number four, create a courage and achievement list. Number five, collect the right kind of evidence. Number six, be conscientious of those who belittle your truth and your power. And then parenthetical note in all caps, set boundaries on those mofos. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I hope this was helpful. If you know someone who might be struggling in their self-trust, definitely, definitely share this episode. I think it's a really powerful episode. I think there's a lot to be said about this issue. I clearly have very strong feelings about it. And I really want to create more awareness around why women and moms especially are struggling in their self-trust, have such an erosion of self-trust and what we can do to build it back up, what we can do maybe to build it up for the first times in our lives. This is important stuff. This is how we become more shameless. This is how we become more powerful. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash 
Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe. Go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.